Welcome to the Tour Junkies podcast for the Century Tournament of Champions 2019. Let's get to it. What's up, everybody? Thanks for downloading the Tour Junkies podcast for the Century Tournament of Champions. We are pumped. First episode of 2019. We got some great stuff for you. New content coming your way. All free, all amazing, all informative, all hilarious. We are super excited about this show and about the rest of 2019 and what it's going to bring. We're going to talk a little bit about the majors this coming season. A couple of schedule changes, a couple of bets we've already laid down for the majors. We're not going to do a full season preview here, but we are going to talk a little bit about it. We're going to get into the Tournament of Champions. We're going to talk about some theories, some strategy, the stats we like, the golf course, the players we like. We've got a fantastic chunk and run segment at the end of the podcast where Pat and I give each other what we think our New Year's resolutions should be for 2019. Those are good. You don't want to miss that. We really appreciate the support in 2018. It was our best year yet, and we are excited about this year. We are presented by mybookie.ag, that's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E.ag, the best betting site online, bar none. Going into our third year working with those guys, they're phenomenal. If you head over to mybookie.ag and set up a new account, use promo code TOURJUNKIES, all one word, you get a 50% deposit bonus, and it's just the best site. All of our odds are coming from mybookie. It's fantastic stuff. They're going to have special bets and special props for us all season long. So get in on the action on mybookie.ag. Promo code Tour Junkies. For now, enjoy the podcast. May your screens be green. Happy New Year, Tour Junkies. It is 2019, and we are back for the new PGA Tour season, the Century Tournament of Champions. DB here, as always. Pat Perry, good to have you back, man. Good to be back with you, talking a little golf. NFL regular season's over. How you doing, buddy? Man, I'm doing good. I'm so excited that we got golf here for 2019. Just can't wait to get started. You know, we got a small field event this week, but you know what? Who cares? I'm usually not excited about that, but I'm loving it this week. I'm so excited to get golf back. Football's over. We don't have to worry about, well, we do have to worry about one more Georgia game, but whatever. As far as I'm concerned, I'm ready to move on to 2019 and all golf all the time. I'm looking forward to having golf on the TV again. Definitely. I've, I've, felt, I've felt that lacking, like not yes. just... Not just the DFS sweats and all that stuff, because I've been playing a fair bit of NFL. I had a really good NFL season, in fact, doing GPPs and stuff. But So my bankroll is ready to rock, and I'm just ready to see some golf on TV, and I'm ready to see how this new Golf TV slash PGA Tour Live changeover fits. I'm excited about the new schedule, which we're going to talk about here in a little bit. I'm just, and of course, I'm, I'm ready for the podcast, and I'm ready for all the new stuff that TJ has going on in 2019. It's going to be a really good time. Um, so, But with that being said, we can't start off the podcast, the first one of the new year, without talking about podcast juice. Now, uh, you know, it is New Year's Eve when we're recording this, so we did not record this late at night like usual because we got plans for tonight. But uh, we, it, is, it, it is at least afternoon. So I am having a wonderful blue moon in a frosted mug for the podcast juice tonight. How, how about yourself, Pat? 
Well, as you said, it is afternoon, and I, I debated, actually. I almost walked up into the to my podcast room and said, you know what, I'm just going to have a glass of water. But I, you just can't start off the new season you like that. You can't do that. You cannot that's, that's, do that. So that's I'm gonna a have, really bad decision. I'm going to have one beer, and uh, I've got a Gaelic Ale from Highland Brewing Company out of Asheville, North Carolina. Very good uh, local ale out of there. Probably one of the most popular breweries there. So I hate that word. Hmm. Bre- I can't say brewery. 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 You, you said it. You stumbled through it, but you said it. It sounds like our podcast intro. Yeah, and it's it. I could tell you this: this beer is going to be gone before we even get like maybe fifteen. Yeah, mine's already halfway through. Yeah. So, we won't have a visit from Planet Tito's on the first podcast of the new year, but come back next week, we probably will. So, let's get into what's going on for 2019. First of all, we have a jam-packed show today. We're going to talk about new for 2019. We're going to talk about um, the, the show format. We're going to talk a little bit about the majors, a little bit about schedule changes. We're not going to give you a whole lot of that. We're definitely going to break down the Tournament of Champions key stats. We've got a great chunk and run segment planned for the end of the show It's going to be a good time, but I want to start off by talking about what's new for 2019. What's going to be? What's the tour junkies, you know, schedule looking like in 2019? Things like that. Things have changed a little bit. Okay, so here's what we're going to tell you. Number one, the chalk bomb is going to be new and improved. I'm really excited. The chalk bomb will be going out this Wednesday. The first one will be going out Wednesday uh, late afternoon, early evening. For the Tournament of Champions, our boy Ben Little, at TrueMav, T-R-U-M-A-V. Follow him on Twitter if you're not already. And if you also like day trading, you really need to follow him. I mean, it's <laughs> yeah, like he, he's like speaking in wingdings half the time. I don't even understand any of what he says. But if you like day trading and you're into that, you know, definitely follow TrueMav. Um, but, but Ben's going to be working on the chalk bomb, but we have a new layout for the chalk bomb. It looks fantastic. It's going to be easy to read, easy to digest for you every single week. And of course it's the best content. It's the best free content delivered to your person, to your pocket, on your phone, on your laptop, on your desktop, delivered straight to you every single Wednesday night of the PGA tour season. You know, you got some great things in there. Ben's going to continue to break down betting matchups and look at what those can tell us even if you don't bet on golf but you only play fantasy golf those matchups can tell you a lot about you know what Vegas and what some of the sharps are thinking when you're getting ready to finalize your DFS lineups on Wednesday night he's going to talk to you about the chalk bomb who the popular play of the week is going to be and why they're going to bust and give you all the reasons why of course the 10 facts will be in there which are just the 10 need to know things before you make your lineups contests giveaways secret little tips and tricks from the tour junkies all that stuff delivered for free every Wednesday night of the PGA Tour season if you have not already subscribed to the chalk bomb you must do so now pat it has been a long time do you think you could possibly find a way for your sober brain to tell the people how they subscribe to the Chalk Bomb? Oh, my gosh. Uh, so, <laughs> you got um, to go in. You got you to gotta opt in. To con- you got con- to go to contact us, right? Is that the first step? And then you, you got to go in there. And you got to request that uh, you get on the email list, but you, then you get an email, and then you got to opt in, and there you go—you got the chalk bomb. 
Yeah, just as bad as I thought it would be. I mean, the first step, Pat, would be maybe to go to our website, which is tourjunkies.com. Tourjunkies.com. That may be the first step. Did I mention um, that? No, you just said go to contact us, wherever that is. Okay. Just yeah. it, wherever in the world you can find to contact us. If you go to tourjunkies.com and click on contact us at the top, put in your name, email, and say, hey, I want the chalk bomb. And then when you do that, you're going to get a, a an email fairly immediately after that that's going to ask you if you want to subscribe to that list. You need to make sure you open that email, check that box, and then those Chalk Bomb emails should be delivered to you every Wednesday night of the PGA Tour season. And that is what you have to look at before finalizing your fantasy lineups, your DFS lineups, your one and done, your betting, any of that. You need to look at it. So that's going to be here, and it is new and improved for 2019 we got some new stuff coming, though, Pat. Do you want to talk a little bit about what's going on with the website? Well, I mean, we're, we're updating the entire website. That's, that's in the works. It's, uh, it's not yeah. ready yet, but it's going to be pretty exciting. And uh, I think, by the way, I, don't, I think the chalk bomb, the look and the feel is, is a lot different, as you said. I think it's really cool. We've seen some previews of it. Pretty excited about that. We're going to have some new website articles. I'm going to write an article. Ben's going to write another <laughs> article, I believe. I don't know what you're going to do, David. I mean, you don't do anything anyway, so it's just going to be... Right, right. Yeah. Um, do, you want to, do you want me to preview my article? If you, if you have enough that you can commit to speaking about, I would say yes. So, now, I'm not going to do it this week because it's just with the short field and everything. It just does It's not going to work. So, um, but what it's going to be... So, any of you wine people out there if you if you like wine there's something called a sommelier which is basically like a master of wines they know the flavors of the wine they know like what you know what it, what is in there is there there uh flavors of strawberry or or is there uh, a melon note in there yeah a, a melon note uh, something like that so i'm gonna take that i'm gonna i'm gonna be your fantasy golf sommelier and i'm gonna pick six guys every week i may may change that number but I'm gonna I'm gonna prepare, I'm gonna compare them to a, either a fine vintage wine or basically like Boone's Farm. So if you've never had if you've never had Boone's Farm, it's basically I don't know like pee in a bottle that's that's then got a wine label on it. Uh, it's just not. It's like very, did you ever watch in Living Color as a kid? Yes, I did. I used to sneak in Living Color. My, my my parents didn't want me to watch it, but I'd sneak it. That episode where, dude, by the way, in Living Color, fantastic show, but it could never make it in 2018 or 19 because too many people would be soft and offended about everything because oh, yeah. Living Color was offensive. Yeah. But um, Damon Wayans used to be the homeless guy, and he'd carry around his own jar of urine in a pickle jar. <laughs> yeah. Remember him? Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, so it's kind of like that, yeah. So that's what I'm going to do, and I'm going to give you a write-up. I'm going to talk about odds and things like that. I'm going to give you the stats, and uh, but so it's going to it's going to be a fun article, though. It's going to be something that sh- should be enjoyable to read. It's going to give you some good information, but also I'm going to try to humor it up a little bit, and uh, we'll see what happens. So now this is the first I've heard really about this. I mean, I knew the general concept, but this is the first detail I heard. So I have some questions because I'm sure the listeners have some questions as well. Um, the my 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 first question is over under on how many weeks you actually write up six players and i would put the over under at four and i would take the under on that uh, you, so you think it, now you're not saying like over under on me actually doing the article you're just saying like six players correct like i could see you never doing six players like i could see you trying six players the first week couple weeks and then being like nah, i think i'll just take i'll just do three well players. 
I'd take the over on that still, but I was throwing that number out. I think it's going to be six. It could change though. So that's I said that yeah. before. You weren't listening probably, but no, I I, I heard it. I'm just yeah. going to go ahead and set that up. Maybe we'll get my bookie to post some odds on that. So my all right. So my other question though is like, Pat, when are you thinking you're going to be releasing this this article every week? Do you have an idea of when you're going to do that? And is it going to be free? Well, it's definitely going to be free. Um, and it is. How would I even charge for that, Pat? I'm just I'm just letting the listeners know that this is all free. We don't we're not having we're not putting a paywall up on Tour Junkies. It's by the way, you can find it on tourjunkies.com/slash one groove low. One groove low is our blog over there, so that's where you can check it out. But anyway, it is going to be free. Yeah, Any ideas free. on when you're going to post it? I would like to get it posted sometime Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday evening. Big dreams, big goals for Pat Perry. Mm-hmm. Six golfers written up every by every Tuesday evening. That's oosh. we'll see. Uh, I'm excited about it though. I will say this: uh, Pat is a sneaky good writer. He's a very funny writer. Um, he's sneaky good at it. When he actually does it, it's actually pretty good. And that I mean that sincerely. So I'm oh, excited about that article, buddy. I'm I am too. About it. Do you like the idea? Do you think it's? A I love the idea. idea. I think it's a. I think it's a very funny idea. The listeners can get a little wine education, and they can also get their their golf fix. So that's yeah, it's fantastic. Um, <clears throat> other website articles. Our boy Ash Morrison, who writes our European Tour DFS and golf betting content, he's been doing it now two years. He's going on third year. I just love Ash to death. Appreciate what he does for us. He he works hard, and and you know if you're gonna play European Tour DFS or bet on the European Tour, why not get your advice from a guy who's born and raised over there in the UK? He understands the game over there. He understands the conditions. He knows a lot of the players. He's a he's a, a PGA of Europe professional. Um, he's a scratch golfer. He knows what he's doing. And he writes it up for free every single week. It is fantastic content. He's going to continue to do that. And he's also adding, he did this for a couple of the write-ups at the end of 2018, but uh, he's also going to be adding some betting tips to that sheet as well. Um, You're going to notice a theme, right? Obviously, with the Supreme Court ruling last year about um, betting and it's it's moved to the United States. It is it is a new focus. So we will we will also be spending more time, putting in more effort, more content, both on the podcast and the website, etc. On betting, on golf betting as well. So I'm excited about Ash's article, but that's not all, folks. You're going to get Ash. You're going to get Pat Perry every week as well. Probably on Wednesday you're going to get a write-up from our boy Ben Little. Not only is he bringing you the Chalk Bomb content, but he's also going to be bringing you weekly written content for free on One Groove Low over on tourjunkies.com. That will probably have a slight twist towards the betting side, and I guarantee you that if you're kind of the nerd, statistical, analytical mind, it will will tap into that for you. It will be very, very pleasing for you. It's going to be really good, really sharp, and again, all for free. Now, um, I may be doing an article. In fact, I probably will. I'm probably going to do an article uh, every week. I'm not sure what it's going to be. I'm leaning towards some some first-round leader takes on Wednesdays. I I used to do that a little more often. I'm leaning towards doing the first-round leader bets on Wednesday, posting those Wednesday after we get a look at the the tee time waves on Tuesday and the weather and the conditions and all that kind of stuff. I'm tipping a little first-round leader on Wednesdays over on One Groove Low, but 
we'll see how that shakes up. I may, I may move that around. I do so much other things, so many other things for the for the podcast and the brand that I, I'm exempt if I don't want to do an article. But Pat has to do one because he doesn't do anything other than this. So we're excited about the website. The website's going to have a ton of new free content, and it's going to help you pick better golfers no matter what format you're playing. And the website's going to get a, a nice new makeover. It's going to be fantastic. Along with that, we are going to continue to be over on Roto Grinders. We're going to be contributing to their consensus value rankings, their expert survey, their premium member chat on Wednesday nights, and we're going to put out the YouTube video on the Roto Grinders channel as well every week, the Sherpa video. So if you watched that before, check it out again. Uh, we're really excited about that. So that's a lot of content that we're going to be putting out. And there's probably going to be one more thing that we'll tell you about that's big, but we're not ready to reveal that just yet, okay? And it'll be free as well, so stay tuned. Pat, anything else to add on that? No, I think that's it. A lot of exciting stuff that TJ is going to bring to you guys in 2019. It's going to be a, a fun year. I'm, I'm excited about it. You know, I think this is this is going to be a this is going to be a fun, cool year for for tour junkies and our listeners. Yeah, and we've got a uh, man. We we've got some partners that I want to talk through. MyBookie.ag is with us again, and let me just tell you, they have continued to crush it for the tour junkies and our listeners. We had a huge day with my bookie for the match between Tiger and Phil. Man, I mean, by Tuesday, you know, we requested some prop bets, right? Tuesday before the match. By Tuesday evening, they had all the prop bets up. We had like 18 or 19 prop bets for the match for us, all because we requested it, and you guys got involved and bet, and it was a lot of fun. We're going to continue to add prop bets to the MyBookie offering every single week if possible. But every week, regardless, they've got plenty of action for PGA Tour, European Tour, futures bets, matchups, head-to-heads, first-round leaders, top 10s, top 25s, outright winners, all good stuff. We love the folks over at MyBookie. If you're not already on there, go to MyBookie.ag. Promo code is TourJunkies, all one word. Right now, you get a 50% deposit bonus. In other words, 50% on, not 50% off, 50% on your money. So you deposit 100 bucks, use the promo code TourJunkies, now you have 150 to play with. It's just fantastic, and it's the best website. And if you're not already following them on Twitter, you need to. They're a hilarious Twitter follow, at BetMyBookie on Twitter. So we're working with MyBookie all year. Always, always going to be working with Fantasy National Golf Club. Our boy Moose is running Fantasy National Golf Club like a true, just, I don't know, like like a stud. And so we're excited to work with them again this year. All of our stats uh, will be provided throughout the year by Fantasy National Golf Club. If you go to fantasynational.com slash TJ, you can join. If you've not done that already, you are missing out. And let me just tell you, I would just go ahead and do the annual dues plan. That's what I would do. If you, if you become a member, you pay your annual dues, it's $200 a year. You get the full stat engine. You can do custom models, lineup generators, ownership projections, full access to the site. For only $200 a year, it's basically like $4 a week for the PGA Tour. It's brilliant, and it is the only site we use for statistics. Uh, it's, the best, it's the best money can buy in terms of stats. Um, so we love Fantasy National. Those guys will be on board with us all year. Excited about that. And, you know, they're um, also, I like too how Moose is always adding new stuff during the year. You always know, what you see stuff. right now at Fantasy National is not what it's going to be like at the end of the year. I mean, they're, they, they are, they're listening to the folks out there as far as what stats or what things they want to see. 
I mean, it's like when they put on the opportunities gain stat that I'm sure we'll talk about maybe yes. in this tournament. Those yep. are things that get added during the year that are just incredible. So you're not just getting what it looks like today. You got, I mean, there's going to be some great stuff down the line too. That's a very good point, Pat. And you know what? Actually, today I opened my letter from Champions Retreat, where I'm a member, and I got a, a you know raise and dues, right? And Moose doesn't raise the dues when he adds something new. You know, no assessments, right? No, no special assessment fees added on. You just you get it now for two hundred bucks, and then I guarantee you by the by this time next year, you will have enjoyed way more on the site than what is currently there, and the value will be even greater than it is right now. So, um, 100% agree with that. That was a sharp take by you there. Um, finally, another partner that's with us for the, for the long haul this year is Fanshare, who we've talked about before. FanshareSports.com, your source for ownership, man. These guys are ownership experts in golf in the NFL, which is obviously winding down right now. They started with golf. Like, golf is their passion over there. Um, and they've added a ton of new features to the site. One of the things that I like, it's a small thing, but I love it. On every one of their players now, you can see the country that they're from and the college that they attended, which is kind of useful. You know, like whether you're looking for, you know, the, the, the Texas narrative that comes around every year we get to the Texas swing, like who went to U, who went to University of Texas or who's from Texas or whatever. Like it's useful information, but these guys go and they curate all the information about DFS every single week, whether it's tweets, you know, articles, podcasts, YouTube videos. They listen to all the experts, they read all the experts, and they tell you who's getting talked up and who's not. And then their ownership projections are really your source for, you know, before you go and make lineups on Wednesday night. There'll be a big part of the chalk bomb every week as Ben looks to see who's going to be really popular and who's not. Uh, so FanshareSports.com, you need to go over there and check them out if you've not already. And they've been with us for now. This is our third year running with them. Great guys over there. They run an honest site, um, and they really put in hard work. And the site's got a makeover, too. It looks great. Um, the branding's been new. It's it's really nice. It's cool to see a few guys like Moose, like Fanshare, um, that, that started around the same time we did a few years ago where people have supported them and now they're doing new things and, and making things better, improving the product, which is what we're trying to do as well. Um, so that's, that's really fun. And I'm happy about that. Anything else to add on Fanshare sports? No, you said it. Great site. Just like fantasy national, good, <coughs> good folks that, that run the site, uh, have always been supportive of us. So we're excited to support them. Totally. Uh, for us, the podcast is pretty much going to be the same as last year. Uh, more so towards the end of last year, we are going to have um, maybe a little more betting discussion this year uh, as opposed to years past, as mentioned earlier. Uh, definitely going to continue the chunk and run, which has been a huge segment for us. At the end of every show, the chunk and run, the chunk, one question, anything golf-related, our golf game, your golf game, the PGA Tour, the European Tour, anything golf-related from a listener. The run portion is anything else about anything other than golf a question from the listener. It gets crazy. We've already had some wild chunk and run discussions. Um, we wanted to be funny. We wanted to be entertaining, lighthearted, show maybe a little uh, a different side of, of us, of our listeners. So submit questions. We need questions. A lot of you have already done that already. We've got a nice little bank of chunk and run questions that we're going to be pulling from throughout the year, every single episode. So if you submit a question now and it doesn't get on the show next episode, don't fear. Fear not. It, it is highly likely it makes it on 
on another show. Um, so email your questions, info at tourjunkies.com. Uh, email your chunk and run suggestions. We'd love to get them on the podcast. We'll give you a shout out and we may even send you something for free for engaging with the podcast a little bit. Um, all right. And we've got a great chunk and run segment at the end of this podcast, by the way. Pat, let's get into some golf talk. That's housekeeping. We wanted to knock that out. First show of the year. It's a lot of stuff going on, uh, but, but that's, that's out of the way. I, I want to talk a little bit before we get into the Century Tournament of Champions about the majors this year, just some thoughts, um, and just some basic schedule changes. We're not going to get into a whole lot of detail. We're not going to do a full season preview. Uh, you can find that Pat Mayo's got a great one. Um, you know, Gup has one. You can, you can find all those things. We're just going to talk a little bit about it, though. Uh, obviously, the schedule changes are big this year. Uh, probably the biggest being, the to me, the PGA is moving up. PGA Championship is moving up. The Players is moving up, which I know it's not a major, but it's a big tournament. The Players will be in March. So we'll have a really big tournament, great field, just before the Masters, uh, which is obviously the first major still in the first week of April. The PGA Championship then follows the Masters, which is uh, which is which is new and quite interesting. Uh, that will be May 16th through the 19th at Beth Page, which is going to be phenomenal. Tiger won there in 2002, and Lucas Glover won there in 2009. Both of those are U.S. Opens. Then you've got the U.S. Open uh, from June 13th to June 16th at Pebble Beach, which I'm really excited about. The last time it was played there, uh, Graham McDowell won in 2010. Tiger won there in 2000. And then the Open Championship will be the final major uh, July 18th through the 21st at Royal Portrush uh, in Ireland. And it hasn't hosted an Open since 1951, which is pretty cool. But that's going to be a fun event as well. The, The playoffs all get moved up. So everything will be done before the NFL really kicks off, which I'm pumped about. Of course, the FedEx Cup. Uh, the finals at Eastlake are going to be a whole lot different with the leader having a, 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 a shot advantage on the rest of the field. Kind of weird. We don't have to talk about that right now. Um, there's some other things being moved around, certain tournaments changing names, uh, venues being a little different. But overall, Pat, in terms of the schedule, anything stand out to you or, or any anything to add there? Well, I mean – First, I like. I'm a big fan of the schedule change. I think it was needed. Love um, it. Yeah, I, I love having the PGA champion. Everything is sort of you know not as spread out where you had like the Masters and then you didn't have until June until we got and really mid June until we got the the next major. I love what they've done. I think the torch or the you know the, the TPC uh, being you know in March is is a great idea. Um, so we'll see how that goes, but. So I'm a big fan of that. I, I love the courses that we have for all the majors this year. You know, we got Pebble Beach, which is just iconic. You know, of course, always Augusta National. Beth Page is, is a great venue, not only for golf, but just the fans that are there are just always so, you know, just it, it's a crazy, you know, sort of a – anytime they're, they're at Beth Page – you just it's it's always a fun event and and you got good fans up there in New York so I think that's that's going to be pretty cool. You got like Royal Portrush for the Open which we haven't seen too much. I don't I don't know when I've the last time I've seen them play at Portrush but I think that's going to be pretty cool. Um by the way I, I I you know you know I'm a Rory guy and I like Rory at Portrush. I think he's 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 going to be a good bet to win there. So yeah, I'm pretty excited for the season. I, I think it's going to be just a, a great setup with with the schedule. So, um, yeah, 
So that's that's my take on on the schedule there. I think it's going to be interesting at Beth Page for the PGA, which traditionally plays as a you know birdie fest event um, with with really low scoring. Um, it's going to be interesting because Beth Page is a really tough track, and mm-hmm. obviously hosting the U.S. Opens before, which are traditionally tougher venues as well. I'm interested to see how much they change the course if they keep it similar to the U.S. Open style that they've they've had in years past, or if they for some reason, for whatever reason, they make it easier, which I would I would hope they don't. But obviously with the PGA Championship, you get PGA of America members that get to play in that. I don't know if that's part of the reason why. I think that could be an interesting thing to learn about come May. So um, I, think they may I think they may make it a little bit easier. <coughs> you think so? Just when you look at how, like you said, how they typically set up PGA Championships, there's a little more scoring involved. The USGA is out of the way. Um but but we'll see. You know, it's how do you think that um, that Sawgrass is going to play for the Players Championship? I mean, how how do you you know? Do you think? I mean, because it is much earlier now, being in March. Like, I'm wondering how that the grass surface is going to be because things are sort of just coming out of that winter dormant grass and things like that. So I, I'll be interested to see what they do with that course because it's much different in March than it is in May when they typically play that. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm. We're going this year, by the way. We, that the tour junkies will be at the Players Championship this year. We haven't been since 2016. Was the last time we went, um, and it was hot AF in May, which I'm excited that it's in March just for that reason alone. Um, I mean, it is Ponte Vedra, Florida. It's not. It's not like they have harsh winters, but all. And I don't know how it's going to do, but I know this: we have enough friends that live in Sawgrass and are well connected. Um, that we'll know by the time the, oh, yeah, the tournament sure. comes around. We'll be able to tell you kind of the difference in how it could play between March and May. Um, I'm really excited about that event, though. Going back to the majors, the Open Championship will be interesting. I, I don't. It'll be interesting to see how Rory handles Royal Portrush, being in his hometown or in his home country, um, and that pressure and that stage. Uh, we'll just see. We'll just see how that goes. I'm excited about the Pebble about Pebble Beach for the U.S. Open. I love that event, and I also feel like one thing, and, and this is going to come out here in a second, because um, I'm going to tell you about a couple of bets I've already laid down for the majors. And one thing for the U.S. Open is I see this U.S. Open now being opened up to a lot of players that aren't just bombers. You know, we've seen it the last couple of U.S. Open events where you really had to mash the ball a long way to win it. And, and obviously at Pebble, you don't have to do that. So I, I'm, I'm happy to see that. Uh, of course, the Masters is going to be great. So I do want to tell everybody a couple bets that I've already laid down. Do you mind if I talk through that, Pat? Are you, you good with that? No, that's fine. Okay. I, I actually, when, when I was looking at the rundown here, I, I went back to my bookie account. Mm-hmm. And I actually have three bets uh, that I don't know. I p- may have put them in when I was drunk or something, but I have three <laughs> Masters bets that I put in as well. I don't have U.S. Open and, o- and Open Championship bets yet, but you you talk about yours. But okay, then I'd like to talk about mine a little bit because okay, they, let's talk about the Masters. Let's talk about the okay. Masters first. Uh, l- let me tell you this too. In terms of my article, in terms of the podcast discussion for betting purposes. I tend to like the mid to long shot bets. I, I don't, I don't, I don't have a big enough betting bankroll that I want to bet guys who are eight to one or twelve to one. Or I, I just don't. That's not, and I don't even like really chasing those. Like I, I know that in in certain tournaments and certain formats it makes sense, 
But I, I like hitting the bigger numbers. So when you get bets from me, that's where they're going to tend to land, isn't that mid to long shot range. Um, and, and I usually hit at least one or two long shots every year and a couple of mids every year. Like, I mean, I hit Bryson at the Dell at 80 to 1. Um, hit Lovemark earlier in the year for a first-round leader at like 120 to 1. I like betting some of these long shots. It's just fun for me and how I manage my bankroll. So that's what you're going to tend to get from me when it comes to betting. For the Masters, I've got a couple of, I would say, long shots in terms of Masters odds. Uh, right now, there's only like 79 players qualified to play. You, you might have 90 or so, 94 in the field. And I got two guys already that I've laid down on mybookie.ag at 80 to 1, Cam Smith and Gary Woodland. Cam Smith finished, what, top five, I think, at Augusta last year. Um, good ball striker. <clears throat> Aussie, who obviously, can, you know, Aussies play really well at Augusta. He's got a great short game. That's what I love about Cam Smith. He's got, a, he's got the total package. He's got experience at Augusta. He, he's won a golf tournament. You know, um, He's a staple on the PGA Tour right now. Ball striker, short game. Love Cam Smith at that 80-1 to 1 number after a top five in 2018. And then Gary Woodland. I mean, what can you say about that guy? Like, he's, He looks like he's got the putter figured out, at least in 2018. He played so much better in 2018. He contended in big events. Obviously won the waste management. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to see Gary turn a corner at Augusta. Guy, I think he, I think Augusta's set up perfect for him. He's just got to keep the flat stick hot. But at eighty to one, I love the number. So who, those are my only two right now for the Masters. Uh, but what about you? Who do you got for the Masters? Okay, so I have three that I put in. Uh, I put them in all. All of them went in on December thirteenth. Mm, so I wonder what you were doing that night. I don't know what I was doing, and it was it was about ten thirty at night. <laughs> so, was Jonas um, blinks a bit? No, the first I'll give you the one with the best odds. I put I put in on Jason Day at twenty two to one. Okay, I like the number. I like the number there. I think I think that's a good number for him. Uh, we'll see how he starts out this year, but uh, I, I like that there for a guy who's typically one of you know a favorite there plays well at the at the Masters or has in the past. Uh, let's see next odds: Tony Finau at thirty to one. He's actually now 33 to 1 on my bookie. So if you want a little bit better odds, you could go in there and get him at 33 to 1. I, I like him at, at the Masters. I mean, I think it's a good course. He played well last year on a yeah, freaking totally. broken ankle. Um, so I think that's a good number for him. And then the longest odds I have is Jacqueline Neiman at 120 to 1. Okay. Pro- probably a wasted bet but well, he's low amateur when he played it the first time i believe great I ball love striker his game I, I think he he could play well there um so i think he's people are talking a little bit more about cam champ going into this year but neiman's a guy you got to keep your eye on so that that's what i did there with with my master i'm sure i'll have a lot more before as we get closer to the tournament but those are my well, drunk masters plays <laughs> I don't have any PGA Championship bets laid down right now because, I, again, I, I can't figure out what they're going to do with Beth Page. I'm kind of staying away from it at the moment. U.S. Open bets and Open Championship bets, I do have a few of those. I'll go through them real quick. U.S. Open at Pebble Beach, <clears throat> I mentioned that I think you're going to bring shorter hitters into the fold being at Pebble. It could be windy. Obviously, it's a seaside course. We saw Graham McDowell win there when it was to the U.S. Open last year or last time in 2010. Um, so for that reason, I've got some money laid down on some euros and some short knockers, and a couple of these guys meet both criteria. 
Uh, my shortest odds are Alex Norin at 66 to 1. I love that number for Norin. Um, Hatton, Terrell Hatton at 80 to 1. Uh, and, and Matthew Fitzpatrick at 140 to 1, who I never get on Matthew Fitzpatrick. But those are my three Euros. I kind of like just the way that the, a U.S. Open at Pebble could play. And you had Graham McDowell win the last time it was there. So I just, I kind of like those numbers for those guys. And those are world class players who can compete on golf's biggest stage and, and play in tough tournaments in tough conditions if that happens at Pebble. Um, and then the lone American I have at the U.S. Open is Zach Johnson at 100 to 1. I just, I think Zach Johnson just chronically overlooked, chronically undervalued. Still an incredible ball striker, wedge player, short game, all-around guy, can play in the wind, bulldog, major champion winner. You give me Zach Johnson at 100 to 1 in a windy, possibly, you know, Pebble Beach U.S. Open, I'll take it all day long. I like um, that play. And then finally, the Open Championship bets that I have, kind of the same theme. Terrell Hatton at fifty-five to one, a little shorter odds there for the for the Open Championship being overseas, but I still like the number. Um, uh, Webb Simpson at a hundred to one. I think, man, I, I think an Open Championship is a perfect spot for Webb to pull out a win. He, he played well, I believe, last year's Open Championship. Um, and then at a hundred and twenty to one, I've got our boy Kevin Kisner. I'm believing for a turnaround season for Kiss this year. And the Open Championship at Royal Portrush, again, in, in conditions where you got to hit the ball solid, you got to have a great short game. It's not going to be a birdie fest. Uh, I like the number at 120 to 1. And then Eddie Pepperell. I think Mayo and Feinberg talked up Pepperell. And I love Eddie Pepperell. Love the guy. Great Twitter follow. Um, has now won a big event over in Europe. And I think is hungry, really hungry. In fact, he put out a tweet today that he was about some some life changes he was going to make in 2019. But at 120 to one, I like those bets as well. Those are all courtesy of mybookie.ag. So those are the numbers I got laid down so far. All right, Pat. Anything okay. else to add? No, good stuff. I'm I'm very excited about the courses we got for these these majors. I think you're there. There's definitely going to be uh, there's some good odds out there right now. That is one thing I would say. I mean, now if you if you've got you know maybe a hunch on a few guys, this is the time to take them. It's like when you you won the the Masters bet with Danny Willette a few years ago. You took that one, I think, in what like October or November the November, year before. Yeah. So, one hundred fifty to one. Me and, don't me and don't wait to the week of you know especially I mean we we the odds are out there so might as well try and take advantage of them. Love it. All right, man. Let's get into the Century Tournament of Champions from Kapalua. Pat's your first course breakdown of the 2019 uh, 2019 calendar year. Why don't you give it to us? Yeah, and we got a pretty easy course Hope it this week suck. To, to break down. I'm going to try to not, not make it suck. I've got, I've got some good information here. But, yeah, so we are at the Century Tournament of Champions. First <coughs> event of the 2019 season at the Plantation Course at Kapalua Resort in Maui, Hawaii. The course plays as a par 73, something unusual. Don't, don't typically see that. Pretty long course at 7,452 yards. You got four par fives. All of them play relatively easy or, or can be reachable. Um, especially the par 5 fifth, which actually yields almost 60% birdies and 5% eagles. I mean, they're, they're going to kill that, that hole. You got three par threes uh, and 11 par fours. You know, 
one of the things to look at on the par fives is the 18th hole is like 660 something yards, but it's got a huge down slope off the off the tee. So you can actually just you'll probably go see the, some of the longer drives all year if they catch that slope. So I, I think you know you can actually there may be some times where you can reach it like a DJ or something. I, I think bombers are definitely going to have an advantage here. Um, you know, one of the things you see in a resort-style course, which is what this is, is basically that just means it's very playable for the average golfer. So you got wide fairways, you got very generous greens that should be easy to hit. So these players will absolutely just eat up this course. I mean, you look at when you have the past champs like DJ last year was 24 under, JT in 17 was 22 under. Spieth in 16 was 30 under, so they're going to be scoring. I mean, that's that's going to be just something you see. There's a lot of, there are a lot of slopes out here, um, so you will have a lot of downhill looks as far as tee shots are concerned. A lot of elevation changes, but again, the theme is going to be that you are going to be able to score. So I'm definitely weighing stats like driving. I mean, uh, bombing. Uh, you know, birdie or better percentage, any of your scoring stats, I'm, I'm looking at them all this, this week. As far as tee to green, you got Bermuda. You got Bermuda greens. They're going to run relatively slow. They're going to be easy to putt. I'm not going to be looking at putting at all this week. I mean, it's just not a stat that I think is any factor that you want to look at. One of the things, again, I talked about at the beginning, this is a short field. There's only 34 players in the event, and we've already had a few guys that are not going to play. You got Tiger, Justin Rose, Mickelson. I believe those are the only three. Have you heard any others that are not that are not? I think playing? that's it. Yeah, I think that's it. Um, so make sure you don't roster those guys. Um, so and there's no cut. Also, there's there, there's not going to be a cut when you only got 30 players in the field. You're just not going to see that. So um, anyway, it's a it's a fun tournament. You know, a lot of scoring. I love the fact we get to get some prime time golf due to the the time change. So I think that's going to be pretty cool. Um, but theme is scores. I do think bombers are, are going to be what I'm going to lean heavily towards. Look, we had guys like Stricker one here, Jonathan Bird one here, you know, Zach Johnson is one here too. And, and I think that was probably a windier year. That's, that is one of the things you want to look at going into the week is how windy it's going to be. So you may factor those, those, those guys that are good in the wind, like a Zach Johnson, but I'm not, you know, Stricker and Jonathan Bird there. It's a different game today than it was when those two won it. So I do still think that, you know, bombing, the, the guys that can get it out there, that can take advantage of these par fives, definitely have an advantage on this course. So there you go. Very well done, Pat. A few takes from me. I Listen, every week bombers have an advantage, okay? We're telling True. the listeners True. that. Every week bombers have an advantage. There are some weeks where it's less of an advantage than others. This week, I think it is one where it is less of an advantage than others. Um, we've got some, and, and that's the elevation changes uh, and all that is really, the, the, to me, the biggest reason why that's the case. Um, <clears throat> obviously, the wide fairways help the Bombers, but the elevation changes, I think this is a wedge contest all day long. This is a, a, an opportunities gain, proximity, throwing darts, making putts on these slow greens, making birdies, being aggressive. That's what this comes down to. Uh, we have a caddy tip from a very well-known caddy who has played, been on this course a number of times with his guy, uh, who basically says uh, that the Bombers are going to keep ripping and there aren't really any comp courses to Kapalua, so don't waste your time looking at comp courses. But 
the key for him was that players who have played before have a big advantage. And that also shows up, if you look statistically, first-timers do not do well here. We could give you all the numbers and bore you with that, but they, they just don't. First-timers don't do well here. Um, experience matters here, and our caddy echoes that. And he says the reason is because they have an advantage because of the wind and understanding how the wind works on that golf course and specifically when to be aggressive. He says that plays a big factor that too many first-timers start out a little too conservatively. And, Pat, you read off the numbers of you know what the winning scores have been here. I mean, 30-under, 22-under, 24-under. If you're not coming out the gate, you know, being aggressive, you're going to get lapped. So uh, he mentioned that specifically, that first-timers just tend to start too slowly and they don't know when to be aggressive on this golf course. So that's a thing. Yeah, I, I will mean, say this, though, about the first-timer thing. Um, I believe John Rahm was a first-timer last year, and he finished second. So He was, but he was. there were 11 first-timers last year. He was the only one that finished in the top 10. The other, the other 10 didn't even finish in the top 10 of a 32-man event. Yeah, well, and Ron's so, a bomber too. I mean, I I get what you're saying. I think when you have a course like this where you can, you know, you can play the slopes and do all that kind of stuff, that length isn't necessarily an advantage because you. I, I don't. But I still think I think this is a course with the wide fairways and everything else that I, I yeah. would I would rather play the guy who can hit at 350 <laughs> on the tee on a consistent basis. Well, and wink, wink. The said caddy may have been Rom's caddy. And that may have led to the second place finish last last year. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, to me, here's the thing, and we're going to talk about this a lot because this is lesson learned for me in the three years I've been playing daily fantasy, at least. This is so much more about ownership leverage than anything else. If you're playing GPPs, like I, I just I I know I said this a lot last year. I'm going to keep pounding the drum for this. If you're a new player. If you're an intermediate player for Daily Fantasy, um, having low-owned guys who pop, if you're going to play GPPs, matters so much more than nailing the exact model, you know, with the exact right stats at the exact right weight, you know, for the exact right time period. It's like the ownership leverage to me means so much more, which is why, like, you know, sites like Fanshare matter a lot and ha- and getting the chalk bomb on Wednesday matters a lot. And understanding who is being who's being talked up, who's popular, and who's not, and a lot of things change from the time we record a podcast on usually a Monday night to you know lineup lock on Thursday. So understand that. So for me, in a 34-man field event where you know four or five of these guys are completely irrelevant, um, no cut event where scoring is going to be you know super. I mean, it's going to be through the roof. And you're going to play in a GPP with a couple thousand entries in it, or maybe more, you know, if you're playing the big $5 or something. The, you got to have the winner on your lineup, and you got to have some low owned guys that are in that top 10. And, and you got to have the right combination of that. Like, yeah, that, that doesn't mean you avoid all the chalky players, because, I mean, there's just going to be, there's going to be a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of higher owned guys in a 30 something man event. And the winner may be chalky, but you've got to have some leverage somewhere. So to me, uh, I'm, I am looking at stats, courtesy of Fantasy National. I, I'm looking at stats, but to me, it's much more about ownership and scoring ability for an event where 30 under won Jordan Spieth the title three years ago. Like that—that's the two biggest things. Can they score? Can they be aggressive? You know, can they take advantage of the par fives? And will they be overlooked? Can I have some ownership leverage? 
Because again, right, the point of playing in these GPPs is not to cash, but it's to finish in the top 1% to 3% of lineups to really feel like you're doing something. If you're playing cash, whatever, I'm not going to play any cash for this event. We're not even going to talk about cash plays for this event. Every other week when there's a full field, we'll definitely give you our cash plays versus our tournament plays. We're not even talking cash this week. Um, key stats for me, that the stats that I am looking at, courtesy of Fantasy National, are opportunities gained, which is my favorite stat. And that is um, that is proprietary to Fantasy National Golf Club. So if you want it, go to fantasynational.com slash TJ. Opportunities gained basically takes a look at how many times did a player on their approach shot into the green come within 15 feet of the hole, whether they're in the fringe or the green? How many times did that happen uh, as opposed to the rest of the field? And how many times, you know, that, that's an op- a good opportunity for making a birdie or making an eagle. Um, so that's one of my favorite stats. Obviously, DraftKings points scored is a big stat. And then I did look at short game, strokes gained around the green. Um, I, I did take a look at putting on Bermuda especially slow to average speed Bermuda greens, which you can also drill down on Fantasy National with. Um, And I looked at the last 100 rounds for that, just getting a big sample size to see who does well and who doesn't on putting on slow Bermuda greens. So those are the stats for me. I think that's about it. Anything else to add? Uh, no, that's, I think you got, I mean, I looked at proximity. You mentioned that earlier. I think that's, that's when you got big greens. I'm always looking at that. You could also probably dial that into within like 125 yards, because as you said, there are going to be a lot of wedges into these greens. So, all right, let's get to it, Pete. Let's make some picks. We've got the nine, uh, we're going to take two GPP plays and one fade from nine K and above. That's the first, that's how we're going to segment this thing out. So you got Jason Day up to Dustin Johnson, and obviously you got Tiger and Justin Rose in the DraftKings player pool that are not going to be playing. So get them out your lineups. So we got Day, Rory, John Rahm, Brooks, Justin Thomas, and Dustin Johnson. Give me two plays that you're going to play in tournaments and one fade. Well, I like dropping below the 10K range and going with two, the double R's, Rahm and Rory. Right there, okay. you got Rahm and... 9,800, and you got Rory at 9,600. I think now, look, I think when you're talking about ownership, by the way, if anybody is a first time listener, I suck at <laughs> putting ownership on players. So you got to take everything I say when it comes to ownership with a grain of salt. But I do think Rom and Rory are going to be a little bit lower owned than the guys like DJ, JT, um, you know, even Kepka. So, I, I mean, this is really, I mean, when you've got only a few guys here above 9K, it's just, it's a, almost there's a gut call on ownership and then just trying to, you know, figure out who you think are the best guys as far as the stats that you like. I like Rom Second last year, as I mentioned, fits that bomber category for me. Checks the box and birdie or better percentage strokes gained off the tee. Um, he's actually the second favorite in the field when it comes to odds. He's at 7-1, to one, just behind DJ at 5-1. to one. So you're getting a guy who's, who's really got good odds but a little bit cheaper than some of the guys above him. Also, Rory, I think this is another good course for him. Uh, it checks the box in proximity, which I mentioned. Uh, that birdie or better percentage, the opportunities gained. Uh, and he's at 9-1, to one. Um, so he's up there too. So those are my two favorite GPP plays. Do you want All right, so partial just- agreement here. Uh, Rory is, is a play of mine. And, um, and uh, see, I think Rom's going to be – I think Rom's going to be pretty popular. I think a lot of people are going to jump in this 9K range. 
um, to, to high eights. I think Rom's going to be a popular play. I think Rory could go a little overlooked. He's, I don't think he's ever played the, the Tournament of Champions, um, despite having, obviously, many of opportunities to do so. Uh, I don't think he's ever played it, or if he has, it hasn't been in the last, um, it hasn't been in the last five years. That's what I know. Yeah, so, it's been a little while. Uh, yeah, and, and I know we talked about first-timers, but I, for Rory, I just don't think it matters. And you give me Rory in a field where um, scoring matters a lot and there's no cut, I, I really like the upside for Rory. Um, he checks all the boxes too in terms of the the stats I'm looking at. Even the the long term putting on on slow Bermuda, he checks those boxes. Um, so I, I'm I'm all in on Rory. Definitely had a lackluster season, but I like him for tournaments this week. And then I'm going Dustin Johnson. See, I I think DJ could get a little a little lower ownership than you think. I mean, he's still DJ, he's still the defending champ. People are gonna play him, but I think in these short events, a lot of people might avoid the big guy the big number you know the, the high price guy um but you i like doing that in these these type the short field you like kind of going with that highest price guy i kind of do he's number one in opportunities gained number one in DraftKings points scored for me obviously he's a defending champ he plays this course very very well um so i i freaking love dj if he comes in under 20 percent, i would be really ecstatic about that oh yeah that would be um incredible. So, yeah, so I love, I love DJ because, I mean, here's the thing. you got to have the winner. You have to have the winner if you're going to win a GPP or play place really high. So you can't, you can't get too cute that you don't have the winner in your lineup. So, yeah, and more than likely it's going to come – the winner is going to be in this over 9K range. Exactly, so. right. Um, I'll start with the fade. My fade is Jason Day at 9K. Uh, here are the reasons why I'm going to fade him. He's, I, I can only come up with a couple. I mean, this is a tough. This is a tough range to pick a fade, right? Because really there's is. only like six guys in here. But so if I have to pick a fade, it's going to be Jason Day. In in what I'm looking at statistically, uh, he's 24th in opportunities gained, um, which I'm I'm not crazy about. He does have a pretty good track record here, um, and obviously he he ended the season pretty well 11th at the WGC fifth at the CJ cup he didn't play so well at the hero he finished almost dead last but I mean it's the hero um so form is blah uh, here's 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 a little narrative for you because this is this is me digging deep right it's Hawaii right it's Hawaii it's the beginning of the year I like guys who don't have families here because like I don't know because Jason's not super active on social media, but my guess is he he could be in Hawaii with Ellie and the two kids, and I think she's pregnant again. Like they could be doing the whole family thing, you know. Like, and I just think it's a little different when you're at when you're at the Tournament of Champions with your whole family vacationing in Hawaii versus you know even married people with no kids. But really, like I love. I really like the guys that don't have families at all, like no commitment. I feel like you're a little more focused on what you got to do because being in Hawaii in January with your family could be distracting. So that just narrative street for what that's worth, me digging deep to find a fade, that's what I got. Well, I agree with you on the fade. I have Jason Day as well. Um, all right. Agreement. He's also, for what I looked at, he's last in the field in proximity. Doesn't have. I mean, you look at his history here. Now, it's hard to judge when you only have 30 people in the field or whatever, 34, but he's, he's 12th and 17 and T10 and 16. Basically, to me, that's like finishing 30th or 40th maybe in a normal event. So I, I don't know. 
Don't like that. Um, by the way, this does bring up something, though, that I wanted to ask you because I have them a little bit different as far as the opportunities gained. I have them even lower than you at, 30, at 31 in the field. So what are you looking at when you're at the early part of the season? You know, when you're look, like, let's say Fantasy National, where you can break it down from the last 50 rounds, last, you know, 30-something rounds, 24, 12, whatever. At this point in the season, for me, I've stretched it out a little bit than what I'm normally looking at. So I'm not looking at, you know, last 12 rounds yeah. or whatever. I'm not looking at as narrow of a stat category as I would, let's say, as we get, you know, till whatever, end of January, February. So what about you? You doing the same thing? I think it's a great question. And yes, I am. I mean, if you've played golf, you know how much it comes and goes and how variable it is. And like sometimes when you're playing really well and then you go through a stint where you don't play for a minute or you're not practicing as much or you're distracted or the holidays or whatever, like sometimes you come back to it and you pick it right back up and you're great. Sometimes you're not. Sometimes you stink at the end of the year and you let it go for a while and you come back and you're you're better than you were. Like you've gotten rid of all the bad habits or whatever it is. I just think I just think it is tough to look back at recent form when recent form is three months ago, you know, um, or it's a wacky event like the hero. I just don't think it's really worth doing that. So then, yes, at that point, I go the other extreme. All of my stats I looked at in the last hundred rounds. You know, I got a long-term sample. How well are these guys in the long term? Because it's just so variable. I'd rather put my money on a guy who has at least proven it over the long term. You know, maybe if I looked at the last 24 rounds that dates back to the playoffs, he wasn't, he hasn't been doing that very well. But I would rather, you know, with a lot of the unknown and all the time off, I'd rather just look at the big sample size. So that, I totally agree with you there. Good question. Sweet. Good. Okay. All right, let's get into the, the next range we're going to look at is the $7,500 to $8,900 range, two GPP plays and a fade. Um, Pat, I'm gonna. I gotta give you three GPP plays. I tried to nail down to two, and I just can't make a decision yet. I had to add a, a third one in last minute that I really, really like. So it's all gonna come down to Fanshare Sports on Wednesday. Maybe one of these guys will be the chalk bomb. Who knows? But I got three guys in here that I really, really, really like. Um, I actually had three also. That's okay. Crazy. I love Xander Schauffele at 8,300, um, and he doesn't check a lot of boxes. He just, he just, he just doesn't. Uh, but. I love the, I just love the, 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 the way he ended last year. He won the WGC, HSBC, um, did okay in the hero for whatever, again, for whatever that's worth. But I, I love the upside. He, he, people don't usually like to play Xander for whatever reason. Again, single guy in Hawaii, there to focus on winning a tournament. He's not entertaining his whole flipping family, um, you know, and he's an aggressive bomber that can score so i love xander for that reason was he one of your three he was not okay the next one of my three would be patrick reed and i love 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 patrick reed here number one in stroke gain around the green um just he's a guy who yes he's a family guy but he also just wants to flip and win He's he's had such a controversial offseason, Ryder Cup, all that stuff. Like, I just don't know that there's a guy in the field that probably wants to come out and win the Tournament of Champions. Like, is there another player in the field who winning the Tournament of Champions would go to their head more than Patrick Reed? Like, 
like as if he's the champion of all the champions that he's better than everybody else. Like I feel like I feel like there is none more motivated to win this golf tournament, and he's got you know a good record here, a, a really I mean, solid. He's won it before. Yeah, he's won it before. Really good record here. Um, finished seventh at the WGC in the fall. I, I just I love him. Here's the only thing on Reed. It's just an ownership thing again because I, I think Xander's going to be low owned, like so he's probably a lock. Reed was the one that I added in third because I looked on Fanshare and he's not getting a lot of chatter right now, but it's early. I think that come Wednesday, if he's still not getting a lot of chatter, I'm going to roll with him. Um, and, and he's just a guy that people don't like, so therefore they don't like to play him, which always factors in, you know. And there's other guys that people love, so they love playing him. Tigers one or who you know. So I think Reed's going to be an interesting case in in ownership. Was he one of your three? Yes, he was. Okay. Any other For any most, other reasons? Um. Well, I, I wrote down the hate factor that you said. Yeah. Uh, obviously, he has great course history here. Uh, I like the odds. He's at fourteen to one, which is the eighth. Um. You know, best odds as far as players are concerned. That's that's on my bookie. So. Uh, I like that. Now, the stats are not going to show for him. I think when you're looking at, you yeah. know, especially taking a long term, you know, last 50, 75 rounds or so, it, they're not going to show up. But that's another reason I think you, you look at taking him. Great. All right, agreement there. All right, let me give you my last play. We'll see if we have agreement on this one. I'm definitely playing this guy. I feel like he's going to be low-owned, but it's Bubba Watson. Bubba not checking a lot of boxes either, kind of like Patrick Reed and Xander. But I feel like it's an ownership play. It's a scoring play. You know, we know Bubba can score and go super low when he wants to, uh, especially on tournaments where he can use that driver as a weapon uh, the way that he can. Um, you know, he's got a couple top tens here. Nothing super fancy, but a couple top tens. He's already he's been at Kapalua for a few days already. I mean, we're recording this on on Monday. I know I saw something on Instagram from him. I think on Saturday. For sure Sunday. So he's there super early. Now, I know he's a family guy. He may be entertained. But all his stuff on social media has been like with him and Ted Scott on the golf course doing stuff. So I, I like I like that. I like that Bubba's at that course ready to start the season. He's not thinking about something else. You know, um, I, I just I think the ownership leverage, the upside, the price, all that plays into Bubba. Was he one of your guys? He was not, but he almost oh. made the cut. Okay. He almost made the cut. So my, and I like I like him. I I agree for all the reasons you mentioned. I have seen some of that social media stuff. He seems like he's just you know really been working on some stuff and focused this year. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, my first one actually Reed was the first guy I wrote down. Okay. And next was Mark Leishman. Yeah. Seventy seven hundred yep. on DraftKings. I think he now he's sort of a gut call for me. You know, he doesn't necessarily have the greatest stats here, but he's like a guy that you mentioned, you know, early on when we were talking about the, the course, is a guy that, you know, could take advantage of, um, you know, a lot of wedges into greens, um, you know, a guy that doesn't have to bomb it off the tee but can still can still play well here. He's always overlooked. I mean, I think he's just a guy that's just typically people just don't play yeah. for some reason, but he's just fantastic. And so I, th- I like – I think his ownership's going to be low. He's at twenty-five to one as far as his um, his odds are concerned, which are actually equal to my fade in this category. Uh, they have the same odds, 
the other guy I like at the bottom here at 7,500 is Aaron Wise. I think he's a good play. I'd like to see where his ownership's going to file or come on on fan share, but he's he checks the box. He's a he's a box checking guy in this in this range for me. He's fourth in birdie or better percentage. He's tenth off the tee. Uh, he's 11th in opportunities gained, which I know, look, you know, it's a small field, but still he's up in the top third in those categories. So I think Aaron Wise could could have a good week, and I like that price there. So, so there you go. I like Wise. I like Wise for the single guy thing, going back to the family narrative. Um, I like Wise's game, the bomber, the scorer, aggressive, but he is a first timer. That's the thing that I couldn't I yeah. couldn't really jump on with him. The numbers are just there that they just don't do well. So I I, I may avoid wise for that reason. Um, all right. So my uh, let me give you my fade. My fade for this range. And listen, when we want to give you guys fades, we want to give you some controversial fades, some fades that are going to really give you some leverage if you do it. And I think nobody's going to give you greater leverage if you fade him and he sucks than Bryson DeChambeau. At $8,700. Listen, I love Bryson. I think his game is is one of the best in the world right now. He is hot for sure. But again, just like just like I said in the beginning, this is all about this this 34 man no cut event is all about ownership leverage. That comes first. So if he's going to be the chalkiest play of the week, which I think he is at $8,700. I'm fading him all day long. I, I think it's just an easy fade. Now, if you want to bet him, he's 12-1 to 1 on my bookie. I, I said I don't like betting short odds kind of guys, but if you want to throw a few bucks on, on Bryson and not play him in DFS, I don't mind that strategy. I don't want to have too many guys in my pool, so to speak, not just for DFS but also for betting purposes. You know, I don't think you, I don't think you, you play you know, 15 guys in DFS and the five that you faded, you bet on them, and, and I don't think you do that. But I think you can do that a little bit with certain players. So if you want to bet him to win at 12 to 1, I don't mind those odds in a 34 man field event where, again, 28 of them are really relevant. Um, I think those are good odds for Bryson. I think he can come out here and win it. But he was a first timer here last year, lost four strokes on the field, did not play well last year, like we said most rookies or most first timers do. So that's my reason for fading Bryson. I'm, I'm guessing he's not. Also, he is 36th. So he's basically. He's basically dead last in this field in strokes gained putting on slow Bermuda over the last 100 rounds. So, again, I had to really dig, but I found something. Yeah, he, he was not my fade because I mentioned my, my fade was at 25-1 to 1 odds, just like Leishman. I, I think it's – I don't mind that fade, though. I, I, can, I can see that. But, but my guy is going to be Gary Woodland at 8,000. I, I just think he – now, this is a gut call because he fits all the stats. I mean, there's – there's probably not a category he's not going to fit, but this is more of a gut call to me, which I think you can make in these type of events. You don't have to, you know. You, there's just not many players, so I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna play Woodland. I think he's going to be tossed up a, a lot more than, and his ownership's going to be pretty high. So I will fade Gary Woodland this week. Okay. All right. Let's wrap this up quickly. We're going to give you two picks uh, below $7,500 in GPPs. And, and I guess a fade. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of names down here. I think you should fade. But if you have a, maybe a chalky fade, Pat, you can put it out there. If not, don't worry about it. But who are your two GPP plays uh, for the rest of the tournament? Well, I actually only have a one. Okay. All right. Who's your one? Um, and that's going to be Billy Horschel. I like him at 7,000. Um, he shows up pretty well in the stats when you look at, you know, actually off the tee, which sort of surprised me a little bit. Um, you know, he's been playing well. I think he's, you know, it's a, 
that, that's a good price for him at 7000 He's another guy, I think, that's kind of like Leishman that's, that's just sort of overlooked week in and week out. And he's sandwiched in there. Like, you got Charles Howell right up above him. You got Keegan in here, Brant Snedeker. Uh, those are some guys I think people will gravitate towards. And, and so I, I like Billy Horschel also as just sort of a pivot, especially off of Charles. I mean, Charles is always high-owned. Um, so I think that – so I, I like some Horschel. He's going to be my uh, – he's going to be the GPP play. Do you want my fade yet, or you want to give yours? Yeah, yeah, give me your fade. My fades is going to be Sneds. I don't like playing Brant Snedeker at 7,400. He's been very average on this course. He sucks as far as all the stats are concerned, When I the, the ones I've mentioned throughout the entire show. Uh, and I think, you know, his name recognition, again, another higher, uh, more well-known name that's, uh, you know, in this 7K range. So I'm going to fade, I'm going to fade some Sneds. It's tough for you to fade Snads. You love playing Snads. I love Snads, um, but I'm going to fade one, this week. One of my plays is Billy Horschel. I totally agree with you there. He's also seventh if you look at the last 100 rounds on putting on slow uh, Bermuda. So uh, he's a Bermuda guy. He's a Florida guy. You know, decent tournament history here. Uh, really good end of the season last year. So I like I like Billy Ho there. Don't care about where his ownership may fall. I think he's going to be a good play. Um I have one other play that I, I kind of like. It's just, a again, it's a gut feeling, low-owned. Uh, he has no tournament history here to speak of in the last five years. Played really bad at the end of last year. Um, checks the boxes, though, in, in short game categories. Scrambling, strokes gain on slow Bermuda. Kevin Knott, 6,900. I just just, mm-hmm. a, just a gut call. That's, that's all it is. I, I may have a I little like sprinkle. That. Of a little Kevin, no, that, that could be it. I was, I was, when I was trying to pick my one guy, it was really between Horschel and Kevin Na. So nice. All right, so a little agreement there. Um, all right, Pat. Well, let's wrap the podcast, the first podcast of 2019. Let's wrap it up with a great chunk and run segment. Let's get to this. The first section, the chunk section of tonight's show. Pat, I need to, I need to get from you three hot takes. For the PGA Tour season, hot takes now. So these aren't these can't be super popular plays. They can't be you know easy calls. We're stepping out on a limb a little bit here with the three hot takes. So if they don't happen, don't be atting us in December next year, telling us how dumb we are. These are hot takes. Wow. Okay. What you got? My first hot take: Cam Champ does not win a tournament in 2019. Ooh, that is a hot take. That is a hot take. Okay. Everybody's talking about some Cam Champ, but I think he's I think he's now I don't I'm not saying he's not going to show up well week in and week out, but I think this is going to be a little bit of a learning year for old Cam. Hmm. Definitely easier to win in the fall swing. He's about to see a new level of competition, you know. He's going to pick his schedule now that he's got to win. He doesn't have to play in all these junky events. He's going to pick his schedule. He's going to play some guys who are, you know, tougher competition. That'll be interesting to see. That's an interesting one. All right, what's your next one? My next one, after all his just not being able to seal the deal, Tony Finau is going to win three tournaments, including a major this year. Wow. That is big. That is a bold that is a bold call. Three tournaments, including a major. Correct. He's gonna just blow. He's just gonna blow his wad. All right, there, huh? He's gonna store yeah, it up for is... three years and then just full South Park all over his laptop on everybody. Correct. That's <laughs> that's what's gonna happen with him. All right. So my next take. I don't. It's not really a hot take. I don't think, but it's more of like something that I I truly believe can actually happen. <laughs> Um, 
And that is, I believe what I'm saying in my other two hot takes, but but this one is one that I, I just, huh. I'm, I'm very confident in. I'm the most confident in this one. One, now I know he's a favorite, which surprises me, actually. Jordan Spieth is going to win the Masters. Wow. But okay. he is also going to be the player of the year. Wow. Wow. Big comeback comeback season for old, old It's going to be Spieth. a huge comeback year for Jordan Spieth. Okay. So there you go. Those, those are my three hot takes. All right, interesting, interesting. Well, I think yours were definitely hotter than mine. I, you know, after I said we're trying to step out on a limb here, I feel I feel bad. I think yours were a little hotter than mine. Um, all right, my first one, my first one. Rory is going to win the Masters. I believe Rory is going to win. He is currently at twelve to one on my bookie. If you're interested, I, I will not be betting that number. Although I believe he will win, I just don't like betting those numbers. But. I think Rory is finally going to get it done at, at Augusta, complete the career Grand Slam, get the monkey off his back there. And can you picture the jacket ceremony in the butler cabin when oh, Captain America slips on the green jacket to Rory McIlroy, his Ryder Cup nemesis? I think that's going to be fantastic. So It would uh, also Rory, be fantastic if he had to give it to Jordan Spieth. <laughs> That one or that one too. Yeah, pretty much anybody yeah. on tour because he's, he's yeah. starting to tick everybody off. Um, all right, take number two is opposite of one of your takes. I think Cam Champ wins again, in a, even though he's going to be playing tougher competition, tougher fields. I think not only does he have a good season with tons of top 10s, top 25s, I think he's a real deal. I think the 2019 PGA Tour is set up for Cam Champ, and I think he wins again. Finally, like you, the take that I feel the most confident in is that the player of the year will not be Jordan Spieth, but we will have a repeat winner. And my boy, Brooks Kepka will be the player of the year once more. I believe he wins another oh, major. I believe wow. he wins more multiple golf tournaments this season. I think he'll do it. So there you go. Uh, okay. I like three it. That's hot, hot. Three hot That's PGA hot. Tour takes. It's getting it's it's hot in here. It's getting hot in it's here. It's getting hot. Right it is getting hot. Um, now we're gonna button this up with the run portion. Fantastic question here. Give your co-host what you think should be their three top New Year's resolutions. Give me my three, Pat. Give them to me. Hit me with it. What do you think my top three New Year's resolutions for 2019 should be if you were writing them for me? All right. This is this was tough actually. Mine were probably easy for you because there's Very so many easy. things. Very, in I fact, mean, I have five, so I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, so I'm going to start off with a golf-related one for you. Okay. And that is going to be you need to focus in 2019 more on control than distance. Mm. I want to see when we get to that member guest in May or June, wherever it is, I want you hitting more fairways or at least keeping it out of, you know, 100 yards right. Okay, thank you. Thank so. you. Okay. Work on that. Are you gonna Are you gonna do that for me? I'll try. Yeah. I, yes, I will. Okay. I want you to I want you to work on uh, this is number two. Being humble. <laughs> okay. All right. And that that yeah. kind of ties in with three, which is being nice to bat. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the three you came up with. That's all I came up with. Yeah, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and break number two. That's because it's really hard for you to come up with things for me to do better. <coughs> um, all right, well, Pat, I actually have five for you, uh, maybe six. Yeah, I have six for you. Um, 
Number one, I think you should go vegan. You know, it's it's all the rage right now. Everybody's talking about it. I, plus, you could afford to drop the LBs. I think you should go vegan. May, might keep you around longer. I think you should try that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think more Tito's, less rosé. I think we. I speak for everyone when I say we prefer Planet Tito's Pat as opposed to rosé Pat. And I think we get there quicker, which makes for great comedy. So I think more Tito's, less rosé. Okay. My um, wife may, may uh, differ on that one. But yeah, hold okay. on. I got one for her in a minute. Um, I think you should hire a personal shopper in 2019. We've all seen the photos <laughs> of you walking out the house with two different shoes on. We know you, you want the pleated pants to come back. Um, we know you wear the same master shirt every time you have to wear a polo. I think you need to hire a personal shopper. I can't do that for you. You need somebody else. Your wife is probably also doesn't have the patience to do it for you, so I think you should hire a personal shopper. You can easily Google that. You can find one in your own hometown. Peter Millar has helped you a lot, but you gotta uh, have some. You gotta have boots on the ground when it comes to your fashion. Yeah, so. and I need to. I can't just be a walking Peter Millar advertisement every. every right, time right, right. Um, I think you should make an effort to do one thing for tour junkies every single day. Every day, Monday through Sunday, not Monday through Wednesday, not Monday through Thursday, Monday through Sunday, you should do one thing for tour junkies. I like hashtag, that. Okay. Hashtag carry your weight. Uh, number two, or the uh, second to last one that I have is uh, like like you said, I think you should invest in some golf lessons. That's what I have. You should also spend some money on some golf lessons, your personal shopper, do all that. I think it'd be great for you. But the golf lessons, same. When we get to the member guest time, same kind of thing. I, I actually need a little more distance out of you. I, I need you not hitting uh, your five iron from 140 yards out. Okay? Like, I, I need to know that if I bomb one down there, an alternate shot, and we got a wedge in, a supposedly wedge in, that my partner is not hitting a, a freaking, you know, five iron, a hooded five iron. You know, like, <laughs> okay. I, I need a little more distance out of you. Okay. All right. okay. So let's work on the move. I think if you eliminate a little bit of the over-the-top motion, you come a little more from the inside, club face gets a little more centered, squared up, I think that'll help. I don't think you have to add any more speed to the swing because we know that's hard to do at your age. But I think just squaring the club face up, bringing it in on a better path, may lead to more distance. So I want that out of you. And finally, the last resolution that I have for you, Pat, uh, is is personal. But I think it would make for a better Pat, and that is – I want you to spend a little more time wooing the wife. <laughs> Woo the wife. That's the hashtag. Hashtag woo the wife, okay? I want you to spend a little more time wooing Sally, you know? Do some things. Say some things. Buy some things, okay? I think you should try a little music. Music works. I can give you a playlist if you need it. I, I feel like I we were on the precipice of dry, dry Spell 2K18, We've already we had dry spell two K seventeen. It was not good for me, for you, for the listeners, for a lot of people. So, and I think we were very close to that in 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 eighteen on a couple of occasions, including Paris. I saw it firsthand. Okay, so as your as your friend and as your co-host, as your business partner, I want you to woo the wife. I like that, and, and you know what? I think that that is actually, in all seriousness, I do think that is that is something to to work on for 2019. That's that's for sure. Hallelujah, fantastic, Pat. This has been a wonderful show, wonderful tour junkies podcast. Way to kick it off for 2019. I will write down your resolutions, Pat, um, and I will try to do those as well. I will try to be humble. I'll try to be nice to Pat, 
and I will try to work on my control, especially off the tee. I think those are very easy to do. All right, everybody. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for listening. Leave a review. Give us a whatever. Follow us on Twitter, all that stuff. Chalk bombs coming. It's going to be an awesome year. May your screens be green. See ya!